Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a marriage and family counseling facility in Austin, Texas, offering distance consultations for those that live outside the Austin area. If you have questions and you'd like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Dr. Jimmy Myers and Dr. Josh Myers are a paradox. Guys, welcome Guys, to welcome, the show. Guys, welcome to the show. This is Paradox and I'm Josh. This is Paradox and I'm Jimmy. <laughs> what is that game when you were a kid when you would you would always repeat something that the other kid was saying and make him really mad? Uh, I think it was just uh, the game that just you the repeated. Game that you repeated things, things that, <laughs> and it always made me so angry. Today we're talking about the push. This is one of the chapters from Fearless Parenting. As you continue to shamelessly plug that book, well, I'm just saying it because I think it's pretty well understood now around the world that it may be the finest book ever written on parenting. It got down to, you said this week, 11,000. No, 6,000. 6,000. The 6,000th most popular book on Amazon. That's, to give you an indication, toe to toe, Jimmy's first book has never cracked the 1 million mark. It has cracked it, <laughs> just not very often. So 6,000. So 6,000, it's like I'm, I'm having palpitations over 6,000. <laughs> so anyway. And it's all oh. a credit to you. Uh oh. Our Paradox listeners. Oh, I think this is a special news bulletin. My, those brass. Sure. Okay, stop it. Okay. Everybody under 45, is that the Wild Water of Sports? I have no idea. It just says fanfare. Oh. We break in to give you a news bulletin. Your child, no matter who your child is, no matter what sex your child is, no matter how much they weigh, no matter how intelligent they are or talented they are or how gifted they are, your child will never play ever, pro ever, sports. Ever. Ever. Not going to happen. Zero it chance. simply is not going to happen. Well, there's like a 0.001% chance. Correct. But it's not going to happen. You would have right about the same opportunity of winning the lottery than going pro sports. And I buy the lottery regularly. And who wouldn't? It's helping the children. <laughs> yeah, it helps the educational yes, system. it does. It, when I go to Choctaw Mountain or whatever that casino is. And Ooh, those nickel <laughs> slots. Seven come 11, mama needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> it's all about helping the Native Americans. <laughs> It is. That's... I don't know how, but somehow that's offensive. <laughs> All right. Here's the thing. Your child is not going to play professional sports. Your child, I'll just go ahead and throw it. And I say that because the numbers tell us that there is an infinitesimal possibility that your child is going to play professional sports. And that's in anything. That is baseball, football, basketball, ping pong, tiddlywinks. It doesn't matter. If, to get paid to play a sport is simply not going to happen. And in 1990, when I hit third grade and started my first tackle football league, 
Oh, did I you think that it like way? It was yesterday. Did you? Th- you you absolutely thought I'd be a professional sports. Of course. <laughs> My uh, five two two hundred frame white mm-hmm. frame. Yeah. I um I figured there would be a day because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's midget wrestling. <laughs> And so <laughs> there's going to be a day midget football. There will be midget professional football. Somehow the you've, offend, you've offended both Native Americans and people, people. of short stature. <laughs> so yeah, well yeah, that is true. Um, so and but to your point, Josh. Oh, did I have aspirations? Absolutely, because you were so much more talented. And you had such a great work ethic. So absolutely I did. Now, I did not get into what I call in the book, the push, nearly to the extent that so many others do. I was listening to a guy yesterday who coaches baseball in the AAU, you know, the select teams, which I believe select teams are, in fact, if you're around select teams, you can almost smell the sulfur because they're Belched out of the pits of hell. Even though I played select baseball, not back back then they weren't very bad. But now, <laughs> now, did you really play select baseball? Yes, yeah, slam league with Stan and John. Get out of here! I'd forgotten that. Well, of course you did. Thank you. You're my progeny. Yeah, exactly. It courses through your veins. But now, obviously, it was seven on seven. I mean, it's select football. It's like back it's, in the day, it was just baseball year round, which was annoying. And now it's AU basketball. I mean, it's literally lacrosse, anything. And before we just, and because I want to make sure we understand that this is also true. Your child is not going to go to Harvard. They're just not. I don't care how much you make them study. I don't know how, you know, that, that we don't go on vacation because you've got to you work on your SAT. It simply is the numbers tell us it will not happen. And it's kind of like some kids in the inner city grow up, and that is their plan. Their plan is to play in the NBA. And 0.001% of those kids achieve that goal. All the rest do not. And so so often we as parents, we believe that our children, if we work them hard enough, if we engage, then our children are going to have that kind of success. And it puts an unbelievable amount of pressure on them. Oh. I mean, we then in the therapy office see the kids that are just highly anxious or they're sad or they don't believe their parents love them. Unless they perform. Unless they perform. And not only are they, I mean, the numbers absolutely tell us they're not going to play pro ball. Do you know only 20% of all, millions and tens of millions of children play sports in America? You know, from baby soccer to little league to whatever. You know, only twenty percent of children ever play high school sports. Yeah, when you said that, that's surprising. Uh, but so, when you think of the number that play as a kid, yes, okay, eighty percent of those kids that played when they were younger don't play in high school. How come? Because in high school, everyone doesn't make the team anymore. You know, now now they're culled out. And so, if you just played sports in high school. Just look in the mirror, wrap your arms around yourself, and give yourself a big hug because you were like in the top 20%. You are the 20%. You're a winner. It's just like <laughs> it's just like anytime, you know, someone has poor self-esteem. You know, do you know there were like three million sperm and you won? You came out of the womb a winner. Tell me you don't say that to clients. 
you give a sperm example for why they have worth and value? Um, you should at the very least like Stuart Smalley them. And someone needs to Google that. That'll be on the show notes, <laughs> who Stuart Smalley is. We say all that to say, so many of our families are so fixated on their children in sports. I told you before, I'm sure I used the reference of the young man that the dad was in. And he just, he hired a a position coach on the weekends. He worked with the kid before practice, after practice, agility drills, all this stuff. And the reason he did it, even though his wife was, you know, appalled by this, he just said, everyone agrees he has what it takes, the work ethic. And the child was nine. The child was nine years old. And the man was hiring a professional position coach Mm -hmm. to work with him on the weekends. I had a kid, sorry, real quick, 30 seconds. Had a kid, he achieved his goal of D1 baseball, but he had a position coach, a hitting coach. He had a personal trainer to work out with. What else? There was three different coaches. He played on two different select teams, apart from the three coaches. <laughs> he, I would see him at lunch, and he was like on a, he was kind of a small person trying to put on weight. He would had like a 5,000 calorie a day meals. So and he weird. Would, That's what I do. <laughs> he would bring in like a cooler of food for lunch, oh, wow. baked potato to wow. peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, milk. It was just unbelievable. Yep. Dedication. Yeah. Well, it's something. Here's how you know if you're family, and I love it that, you know, most of the people who listen are female. And uh, just because that's who, who listen to parenting and marriage podcasts, even though we're trying to woo over. And you just offended the guys that listen. Go ahead. More guys. Uh, No, I'm saying that um, we woo them. (laughs) We're wooers when it comes to guys listening. Here's how you know there's a problem that you may be involved in the push. First, and this may be like a a light, uh, the push light, is if your child is playing sports all year round. So there is not a week in a month in the year that they're not suiting up for something, be it football, baseball, soccer, lacrosse, unit. They, there's, there's, you know, I, I keep thinking I used to love it when it was little league season. You know, the, the, the unis, uh, the lights, the crowds, the babes, you know, when I was eight and nine. But now there is no special little league season. It's just, it comes right after Football season, which comes you know right before basketball season, which comes right before it's just year round fall ball. Yeah, so that could be a, an inkling that you're heading in the in the in the direction of the push, because it's it, it, we believe that it's very important that a good chunk of your child's year, a good chunk of their life, needs to be spent sitting on their buttocks playing with roly poly bugs, not necessarily suiting up and playing organized team sports. But there's that. But you know you're heading toward the push when you stop playing all these different sports year-round and you play, what, one sport all year-round. Because my six-year-old is a lacrosse prodigy. And so we're going to play lacrosse all year long. So there's one. And research is telling us that that's horrific. It's horrific that their body is doing the same things all year-round. There's a there was a great documentary I think it was on HBO about Tommy John surgery. There's a new book out that's about Tommy John surgery and how it's being performed on it once it was just a few pros 
And now there was a ton of pros, and then it was just a few college players, but now it's a ton of college players. Then it was a few high school players, but now it's a ton of high school players. Now you're seeing 10- and 11-year-old children having Tommy John surgery. That's crazy. But there's a real push. Hence the title of the chapter. See what I did there? Mm -hmm. Towards that, I've had families tell me my kid has to do, if he has any hope of high school ball, not college, of high school, he has to start select now. And that's insane. And, and real quickly, another sign of the push is that everything else in the family takes a back seat to that child and that child's sports. I had a client that I said, so what do you do when you get home from school every day? And he says, well, I shower and go to bed. <laughs> that's a, oh, I didn't think about that uh, as an after school activity. Why do you do that? He says, well, it's bedtime. I said, well, when do you go to bed? You know, when's bedtime? 5.30? He said, well, no, we don't get home till 9.30 every night of the week. Well, how come? Because we have to take my sister to ballet, and then I'm dropped off at lacrosse, and my brother does his homework while he's waiting for me, and then when I'm done, we have to get him over to his baseball practice, and then we have to pick up the... And then it switches on Tuesdays and Thursdays from the Monday, Wednesday, Friday... And that family does not get home. He had dinner in the back seat of the Suburban. He did his homework in the back seat of the Suburban. That's the push. And then lastly, and this is this is takes honesty and a gut check from the parent. Do you care more than the child? That takes a lot of honesty. Because we'll say, no, 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 no. My child loves this. And I love telling these jerk dads, and not all dads who are sports dads. Lord knows I was a sports dad. And you were a jerk. And, mm, mm. <laughs> but I, I love telling them that, you know, hey, if you loved ballet as much as you loved football, your your son would want to do it. So he sees the gleam in your eye, the disappointment. I mean, he knows how much you care about it. And so don't tell me it's just all independent of himself. So do you care more than your child? In the minute they mention quitting, that's when you know you care more than your child. Exactly. Well, when you graduated high school, the coach said, hey, Josh, do you want to play, you know, college football? Now, again, you're, you're a little on the short side for D1, but you could get those under-the-table scholarships to play D2 or 3 or whatever if you want to. And I am ecstatic because I have sired a college athlete. <laughs> that, those are, that's a loose terminology. <laughs> and so I was just going, oh, man, yes, season tickets. You know, I'll be able to work with you in the summer. And you went, I'm, are you crazy? I'm so ready no, to stop playing this. And I was just crestfallen uh, <laughs> because you didn't want to play college ball. Crestfallen? Yes. So what's our solution? Before we do that, let me really quickly, why do we push? Real quick. Well, I hear parents all the time say, it's because I love my child and I'll do anything for them. And I get that. And you do. they do love their child. And as many people who don't push their children love their children too. But if you love your child and you want to give them what they want, then how come is it that the only thing you're fanatical about is their sports? As a Christian parent, why aren't you just as fanatical about their quiet time, about sharing their faith with their lost friends? How come it's sports? You know, how come you're not that fanatical about other aspects of their life? 
So it doesn't really hold water that you're doing this because you love them. Which is not only indictment on the parents, but the Christian community, because there's no push towards excitement on quiet time. Ayo. Yep. Okay. And the, the, the second thing, and this is the one, this is the litmus test, am I pushing my child? At, at his sports, anything to do with sports, do you respond with anger? That's it. If you are angry at the way they're playing, if you're angry for their the effort that they're showing, if you're angry that they're not remembering what y'all did in practice, if you respond in anger, you are solidly right in the big fat middle of the push. Because anger, as you know, is a secondary emotion, right? It is a reflection of another emotion. You're not simply angry about something. You're hurt about something. You're afraid about something. And the anger is how it's expressed. So really good question. What do you think those dads, what do you think those sports parents are so angry about? Why does that make them angry? Because it's a reflection in a public setting on them. And I can see you right now, if you're in the middle of the push, you're going, that is just so stupid. That's not right. And I'm here to tell you, it's right. And while he's saying that, the mom's nudging him. <laughs> exactly. Katie, now, Katie nudges me all the time in church. Is that bad? Well, yeah, she's a nudger. That's what she does. <laughs> That's what they called her in the service, old Katie the nudger. <laughs> okay, how do we solve the push? Number one, and I know we got to really pick up the pace. First, as a family, define what success is. What is it to be successful? Is it, is it winning? Is that what success is? And that we're going to sell our soul to win? Is, it, is success being picked up by a select team? Because here's the deal. Those select teams, be it soccer, be it lacrosse, be it whatever, they're playing tournaments on Sundays. Uh, there's other parts of the book where we're communicating what our priorities are. And when you get, you know, your child gets picked up by some team and they practice or have tournaments on Sundays, and there is there is not a split second of hesitation. We, done, done, we'll be there because he's select, because he's special. Uh, he's so special and sports are so important, we're going to flush our commitment to God and what we try to communicate to our children, that God is important. We're not going to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, and yet we do it at the drop of a freaking hat when it comes to our kids in sports. All right, number two, let the child lead. Let the child lead. Now, I have no problem with parents going, hey, listen, you got to play a sport. I have no problem with that at all. I think playing sport, you played sports, I played, I love sports. Team, I love football. I think football teaches life in so many ways, as do other team sports. So it's not that. Uh, I think they should play a sport. But let the child lead. One caveat to that um, is if they commit to a season and then a weekend want to quit, yes, you make them finish the commitment. They finish. So That's there are right. times where they don't lead. But yeah, for the most part, choosing the sport yeah. and choosing the commitment level. And that's level. the thing. You know, if you're going to commit to something, whether it's choir or being on the bass fishing team. Do you know there's a school in town that has a bass fishing Most team? Most of them do. Where was that? I know. Where was that? Yeah, they get little jerseys and everything. I mean, I'm sure they're youth-sized jerseys. But no matter what it is, let the child lead. Just because, for example, I really pressured you when you were young to do gymnastics just because of your body type. <laughs> and you said no. That no. and swimming. I Swimming, 
swimming and gymnastics. And you know how often you body shame me? I mean, it's almost every episode. If you're not awkward with one of our guests, you're body shaming me. I need I need you to know that. I cry a little bit on the inside every episode. Do you ever think that possibly your body needs shaming? <laughs> Have you ever has that ever ever even crossed your mind? No. <laughs> <laughs> you bring up a good point and I'll stop. So let the child lead. And then lastly, incur and this is kind of your point. Don't let them quit. Encourage hard work. In, in, in encourage effort. That's the thing. It's kind of like in academics. You don't punish them for failing algebra if they're going to tutoring and asking the teacher. You don't want to punish them for a lack of intelligence. You want to punish them for effort. And so we want to encourage effort that has nothing whatsoever to do with necessarily winning. I love that there's a there's a, search, a research study that is done in the book where they take a bunch of sports parents and they say, okay, uh, what do you think are the top 100 reasons that uh, your child wants to play sports? And, you know, all the parents said, well, to win. They're winners. They want to win. They're so, they, they just want It's about their self-esteem and they want to win. And they looked at what all their kids said. Winning came in like at 73 <laughs> or something like that. Cool uniforms was up high. Playing with their friends was really cool. And the parents... And what was interesting, when they were confronted with this, the parents refused to accept it. Sure. Because, again, we are vicariously living our lives through our children. We're getting our own self-worth stroked by what our children do on the playing field. Or we have our own sense of shame and disappointment when they don't perform well. Which young parent then, and I'm speaking to myself, sports or really anything else, when you birth a child, in your mind, you have to wrestle with, at the age of zero, wrestle with the idea that this person's going to leave you one day. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So you're preparing them to do that and not receiving your own worth and value from that relationship. And sports may be the number yeah, one way in which absolutely. Well, that engrades. Correct. But anything that's in a public setting, that because again, again, why don't we get this so upset about quiet times? Because no one knows. Correct. Or for the most part, to your point earlier, cares. But this is this is performance in a public setting. There are hundreds of people that, and they are judging you by your child's performance on the field. Sure. So the push is pretty darn destructive Good in many, many homes. From Jimbo's book, Jim yes. and that other guy's book, yeah. Fearless Parenting. If you haven't picked it up, uh, go ahead and order four or five off of your Alexa. Yes. Uh, if you haven't, hey Alexa. Done, haven't done so already, uh, if you want more information about this show, again, if this struck a chord with you and you want extra steps, kind of where do I go from here? Those will be online. You can find those at our episode tab at paradoxpodcast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That can be found at paradoxpodcast.com also, as well. real quick, you know, my brother Billy, he's the the audio, the director, the technical guru brother, for Michael. us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we did the whole Alexa gag the other day. I haven't heard it yet, but they will. Where I said, you know, put your put your uh, phone or your laptop by your uh, Alexa or by your Echo. And so I said, hey, Alexa, buy four copies. Ha, ha, ha. You know, well, when Billy was editing that episode and my voice went, hey, Alexa, buy four copies, his Alexa confirmed the purchase. <laughs> so apparently it worked. So hopefully you get a really big Seriously. push 
from that. I saw what you did. Hey, have a good day. See ya. Paradox is produced by Billy Lee Myers Jr. For more about Billy, go to therapywithbilly.com. For more information about our Paradox evangelist, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show, go to paradoxpodcast.com. Next time on Paradox. Yeah, with mom supporting dad spiritually, I think this is a big area for... I have had to see a lot of growth in my own life. And I know Emily and I have had a lot of conversations of how can we best equip our husbands to lead our family well? Because I think that it's very easy for us to look at another um, man on social media or at our church or just comparing. And we see this one little snippet and all of a sudden, like our husband in our eyes, we're like, he is not measuring up. He's not doing exactly what, you know, this, what I believe my ideal Christian husband should look like.